Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. Here in the book of Hebrews, and the second chapter, we'd like to read just maybe three verses. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. My message deals with the subject, how shall ye escape? It's shocking to realize that the Savior plainly taught that most of the human race is going headlong towards eternal destruction. Why do people remain lost? Why do they go unprepared to meet the wrath of God instead of the mercy of God? The answer is they do not mean to go to hell. They do not mean to be lost. All men, most all men, expect someday to be saved. And this is why we often say that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Most people who will awaken hell will realize, I thought someday I would get right with God. So I'd like for us to consider, just for a few moments, some things that are inevitable, amen, that we cannot escape if we neglect our soul's salvation. How can you escape a wasted life? The vast majority of all who ever are saved are saved when they're young. A statistic says that far more than half of those who are saved get saved before they're 15 years old. And the vast majority of those who wait until they're grown before accepting Jesus Christ die lost without God. Yes, dear ones, suppose for the sake of argument that you may later be saved even in older years, still I'm afraid that you will not do it. But if you do, what then? You cannot escape a wasted life if you neglect your soul's salvation. I've talked to broken-hearted men, I've talked to broken-hearted women who got saved up in years and they lived the rest of their life with regret for the wasted years that they spent out in sin. And one of the things that brings such regret is the fact that their children are lost. Certainly even as Christians, if we try to raise our children right, that's no guarantee that they're gonna live for the Lord. But at least we can have the settled peace in our heart and mind that we did our best and we tried to bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. So I solemnly warn you that you cannot escape a wasted life if you go on and neglect 
your soul's salvation. Even if you should later be saved, friend, there'll be tears and heartaches over the years that you wasted, years that can never be redeemed. You may say, I have plenty of time, but I asked you, how much time do you got? Do you have 20 years? Do you have 10 years? Do you have five years? Do you have a year? Do you have a month? Do you have a week? Do you have a day? We don't know that we have plenty of time. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. And the second thought that we have upon our mind is, how can you escape the wages of sin? The scripture said the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Amen, don't be deceived. The Bible says, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Friend, God himself has sworn that the way of the transgressor is hard and as certain as there's a God in heaven, sin does not pay, amen. A life of sin cannot turn out happily. And friend, if you're here and you're not saved, the devil desires to have you, that he may sift you as sweet. How can you escape? the chastening of God. If you neglect this great salvation, how can you escape that inevitable train of sorrows that follow the road to sin? Yes, dear ones, there certainly is an inevitable train of sorrow that follow the individual that travels the road of sin. Sin is a blighting hellish thing. It leaves marks. It leaves scar. It leaves shame and pain and heartbreak and a guilty conscience wherever it goes. Suppose you neglect your soul's salvation even if later you get saved. Still you cannot avoid the wrath of God and the punishment of God that follows the life of sin. Many times it involves a broken home, broken health, prodigal children, lost friendship, bleeding hearts are the inevitable wages of sin. Oh, how sin leaves a trail. I'm talking about a slimy, disfiguring trail. Sin leaves its marks. Sin will brand you Friend, don't ever think that you can uh, get by without getting sin out on you. You reap what you sow. Friend, many think that they can get by with sin. Uh, you may think that you can escape the wages of sin, but sin has a way of, my friend, consuming physical strength. Sin is the cause today of nearly all disease and sickness. You just notice how robust an individual may be, how strong he may be, how healthy he may be. And then let him get involved in the things of this world and take up the habits of life. 
it doesn't take very long that their strength is gone, their color is gone from their face. And that individual uh, that was healthy, amen, and, and seemingly very strong is now very weak. You visit the hospitals and see the faces with pain written across the brow. Yes, friend, go to some home where some young man, some young lady is dying uh, with some fatal disease. Many times it's because of sin. Hospitals are filled with broken, diseased bodies. Sin will undermine your health, young people. This is another good reason to get saved is because of the effects that sin brings upon the body. Sin has mowed a swath of devastation and ruin all down through the ages of time and piled up its human wrecks all along the shores of life's stream. Sin destroys mental faculties. And to prove this, all you got to do is visit the insane asylums throughout this land and country. Amen. And you'll see the faces of men and women, boys and girls, who at one time were very intelligent. Amen. And if you would inquire into their lives, you would find that nearly all of them are there on the account of sin. Asylums are filled with sin-wrecked mind. Sin destroys peace of mind. It perverts the affections and it ruins all the soul's fairest prospects. And I know what people think when you tell them about the wages of sin. I realize those things. Even the sinner many times will agree but they say, but I'm not gonna do those things even though I'm not, I'm not getting saved right now. I'm not gonna get involved in the types of sin that brings these things about. But friend, without the help of God, without the Holy Spirit, you don't know what you might get involved in. You don't know what you might do, amen, because as it's been said many times, a sin has a way that it takes you farther than you want to go. It keeps you longer than you want to stay. And it costs you more than you ever thought that you'd have to pay. Young people, you, you ought to thank God that you've got people that care about you. You got somebody that loves you. Somebody that carries a burden for you and cares about your soul. How shall you escape a hardened heart if you neglect salvation and let this message slip. The time to be saved is while the heart is tender. Many times it's easy to preach the gospel in foreign missions. Amen, Brother Decker will tell you. Amen, if you go on some of these foreign missions and preach the gospel story to those that's never heard it. Oh, with what eagerness they listen to the message. How tender is the heart that never before heard that Jesus died for sinners. That's the way it is in many cases. Oh, they're so quick many times to move to the altar prayer. You don't have to plead with them most of the time and beg them to come and give their hearts to God because they're not gospel hardened. They never heard the saving grace of Jesus Christ. They've never heard this message. And when they find out somebody loves them, somebody 2,000 years ago died for them, that they can escape sin and escape the damnation of hell. 
so many times they're quick to move out. Oh, but the deadly danger of procrastination is the results. It hardens the heart. Neglect deadens the conscience. Neglect dulls the ears until you cannot hear God's call. Neglect blinds the eyes to the inevitable consequences, the inevitable results of sin. And when one has heard the gospel and then postpones that decision again and again and again, after a while, the gospel becomes common. The heart is not moved. There is no gratitude for the mercy of God, no desire to come and repent of their sins, uh, no urgency to get the matter settled. And when a man has let the gospel slip 100 times, he's more likely to let it slip one more time. Oh, friend, how often I've seen the evidence of people that hardened their heart when, friend, they heard the word of God. Either it turns people's heart to God or they harden their heart against that blessed call. Pharaoh hardened his own heart by neglecting warning after warning that came his way. His confession was just half-hearted. His repentance was insincere and his heart grew callous and indifferent. Pharaoh, amen, I'm talking about plague after plague came his way and Pharaoh hardened his heart. And since Pharaoh would not truly repent, friend, he was doomed and God forced the issue so that his heart was forever hardened. He died in the Red Sea with his armies to be forever an example of a man who would not hear God's call, who hardened his heart and who then became so hardened that he could never be right with God. Friend, you can turn down the gospel message today, amen, and your heart can grow colder and colder against God. Do you know, friend, chances are you'll be less likely to turn to God tomorrow if you turn down God today. Oh, friend, do you know that soon you'll not be moved by the teachings of the Bible? You'll not be stirred by the pleadings of a godly mother, a godly father, a brother, a sister, or a wife, or a husband, or by the preaching of God's word. Oh, friend, when you neglect this great salvation, how can you escape a hardened heart? Friend, don't wait until your soul becomes deafened to the tender call of God's spirit. It is possible for you to become, in a sense, hardened and your conscience become less tender. The refusal to take heed to the voice of God is connected with the hardening of the heart. I warn you, sinner friend, about the worst thing that can happen to you is that your heart becomes hard. You may reach a point where you will be unmoved by the pleading of your best friend here on earth, unmoved by the strongest reason supposed. Friend, don't neglect your salvation any longer. Be saved before your heart gets hard. Amen, do you believe that God will allow the sweet Holy Spirit to strive with you 
forever and ever and ever and never be angry and never turn away? How many insults do you think that God will take from your wicked, unbelieving, Christ-rejecting heart before he will let you go on in sin and let you land in a devil's hell? How long will you trifle with those influences of God's spirit? Don't wait till conviction is passed away. Don't wait till you become indifferent to the call of God. I warn you that someday you're gonna hear your last call from God. Someday the spirit of God will speak to you for the last time. And I'll tell you what I'm convinced of, the spirit of God doesn't always follow an individual down to the grave. Many times before people ever reach the grave, the Holy Spirit ceases to strive and ceases to call. Then my friend, how can you escape the judgment if you neglect so great a salvation? The people in Noah's day did not escape the judgment of God. Sodom and Gomorrah did not escape the judgment of God. And friend, you are not going to be able to escape the judgment of God. It's appointed and a man wants to die. And after this, the judgment. How do you think you're going to get around the judgment if you neglect your soul's salvation? Then how can you escape hell and eternal torment if you neglect your soul's salvation? The infinite love of God is backed by the righteous wrath of God. And sinner friend, if you neglect your soul's salvation and keep neglecting your soul's salvation, how can you escape dropping off into this place that the Bible calls hell? Neglect is the shortest road to hell. It's the quickest way to get there. If you neglect your poor soul, you'll wake up in torment one day where the fire is not quenched and the worm dieth not. Today, heed my earnest entreaty. Hear the gospel message. Don't let these words slip from your mind. Men cannot escape dropping off unprepared into hell of an eternal torment if they persist in neglecting this great salvation that's been offered through Jesus Christ. Someone said, I don't believe in it. Well, it's a settled fact, and it's a sure fact, and it's a scriptural fact. Hell is real. Hell's a place of darkness. It's a place of death. It's a place of demons, a place of damnation, a place of despair. It's a place of denial. If all the water was converted into ink and all the steel into pens, half of the whores of hell could not be portrayed. If all the fires that ever were and ever shall be was contracted into one fire, it'd be like a painted picture on the wall compared to what hell is going to be like. Dear ones, hell is one long eternal night. And after you've been there for 10 million years and look towards the future, you'll only be able to see eternity stretching on and on without any hope. When once the gates of hell are shut, they shall never be unbarred again because on every chain in hell is written forever. No doubt Agrippa and Felix are in hell right now. And if we could narrow it down to one word, why 
did Agrippa, why did Felix end up in hell? Let's narrow it down to one word. That one word would be neglect. They both neglected from what we can read in God's word. I've often imagined going to hell and interviewing those poor damned souls. No doubt, most all of them would say, yes, yes, I intended to be saved. I expected someday to repent of my sins. I always lived with the thought in the back of my mind, someday I'll get right with God. I postponed the matter and I neglected my soul's salvation. Now at last, when it's too late for pity, too late for mercy, I'm forever in hell. And as you would go from individual to individual among the millions of doomed down in hell, no doubt they would all reply, yes, I meant one day to truly repent of my sins, but I postponed the matter. And while I neglected my soul's salvation, death and hell came upon me as a thief in the night, and now I'm lost, and it's too late to be saved. It's too late to repent. It's too late to get right with God. Neglect is the main traveled road to hell. There are those who openly oppose and reject the gospel, but to neglect it is to incur the same awful penalty. The, the greatest catastrophe that could come comes through neglect. Neglecting the soul, neglecting getting right with God. I tell you, sinner friend, there's a great storm of wrath headed your way. Mercy has provided a shelter, but if you neglect it and you refuse to get in the shelter, God has made thunderbolts of eternal fury that's going to burst upon you one day and there will be no escape. Listen to me, sinner friend. Your greatest danger is not drunkenness. Your greatest danger is not AIDS. Your greatest danger is not some fatal disease, but your greatest danger is to neglect your soul's salvation. However bad your past, however guilty your conscience, right now, if you'll repent and turn to Christ, he'll forgive you. Salvation will be real in your heart and life. But if you neglect your soul's salvation, you're almost in hell. However much you're convinced that the Bible is true, however solemnly you resolve that one day you'll be saved, however many prayers that's been prayed for your poor soul, if you personally neglect your soul's salvation, then you're on the broad way that leads to destruction by which the uncounted millions land in hell. I encourage you, act today. Keep your soul out of hell. Turn from your neglect. Repent of sins and run to Jesus for mercy. Dear sinner friend, just as the birds pick up the seed scattered by the sower, 
So Satan is trying to take the word of God from your heart. Don't let the devil take that seed that's been planted. If you neglect your soul salvation, you're not going to be able to escape a wasted life, a hardened heart, and eventually you neglect this great salvation, you can't escape eternity in hell. But today, if you want to be saved, God is ready. Christ has already died for you. He's already paid your sin debt. And he plainly promises, this is for you, sinner friend. Listen, him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. That's a wonderful promise. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Someone said, I don't know if I can be saved. Yes, you can. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Are you willing to give your heart to Jesus? Are you willing to trust him? Willing to depend upon him for forgiveness, salvation, and a home in heaven? If you're willing, then God's willing. And this whole matter can be settled. Tell him now. You're sorry for your sins. Accept his offer of mercy and pardon this very moment. Thank you, Father, for helping us bring the message you laid upon our heart. My God, help precious ones to realize the seriousness of turning to you and how serious it is to neglect their soul salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.